one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined for the last time. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of true, right? Yeah. The last time this decade by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? You are right. This is our last podcast intro and outro, the pair of us, for this decade. Because the Raw review next week is going to be you and Pete. Me and Pete on on uh, Tuesday. Then there's no Thursday stuff for AEW and NXT. There'll be, I mean, there'll be shows going up and podcasts. Mm-hmm. But it's Loads stuff we've already recorded. Yeah. Like best 10 of this or... Best 10 of that. Predic- predictions. And then, of course, there's Saturday with Pete and Andy for the SmackDown show. And then I think it's you and Pete. It's me and Pete, yeah. On the New Year's Eve Raw review. Yep. Uh, you'll get to talk about that Lana and Bobby Lashley wedding. I know, right? Wow. How exciting. And then we'll back, me and you will be back together 2nd of January for AW. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. How exciting. Now, so I'm going to take you through uh, my Christmas playlist. Okay. So my family, uh, when we get together for Christmas, this, this started last year where we get a joint playlist on Spotify and then we're adding 10 tracks to it, or 12 tracks it's been up to this year. Last year, the theme was Desert Island Discs. So it was like, if you were to go on Desert Island Discs, what would be the tracks you'd pick? Mm. This year, it's a bit more general. It's just pick 12 songs you like. And then we've got a separate playlist that's just Christmas songs um, that we're all adding five to each. You, you needed to get a better theme. For this year? Yeah. yeah I, songs I, I, you like? Yeah, I know. How's that different to Desert Island Discs? Well, Desert Island Discs has got to have a story behind the ones that you put in. Oh, it's pretty similar, man. Yeah, which is actually, which has really put my wife off. She was like, no, because then I've got to tell stories. Mm. And like, that puts too much pressure on the songs that I'm picking. Um, this is where I was like, this is going to be Tay-Tay. Uh, so, do you want to hear the songs that I've got on my, my version of the list? So none of these have stories. Uh, They're oh, just songs you like. These are just songs that I like. Although I'm going to have to go back onto airplane mode, off airplane mode for a second. You're going to play them? No, 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 but it didn't update 
the playlist. Oh my god! Let me see if I can, because I was adding stuff while I was great audio content. This is great audio content. Why is this not showing the new version of, that I've added in stuff to? Right, well, let's... I'll come up with better rest and entrance music. Okay. You should all have done your favourite wrestling entrance music. But my parents aren't into wrestling, which certainly doesn't... Well, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what they come back with then. Hmm. Okay, I've got it now, I've got it now. So I have got uh, Faith No More, Small Victory, which is my current ringtone. It's my favourite Faith No More song this year. So so you're, you're really going for songs you like as opposed to what's going to... Play well with the crowd. Well, I've with also and Dad. I've got some of that as well. Yeah. So small victory, that faith no more. It's a nice mellow faith no more track. Um, Say it ain't so by Weezer. Great song. Never ever by All Saints. How did that make it on there? That's a who great sta- song. Who started singing that recently? That's a great track. I know it's a great track. I was telling you how it's in my head. <laughs> yeah, and it was always on my playlist because ah, I, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, Look at us. Peas in a pod. Super organism. Everybody wants to be famous. Excellent. Excellent track. Fleetwood Mac, The Chain. Your lady partner hates Fleetwood Mac. But she loves that song. Such a good song. Uh, Bon Jovi, Bad Medicine. Mm. Uh, A track that I still stand by to this day. If Bon Jovi made more songs like that, he'd be good. It's controversial, man. Uh, Wait till it gets to karaoke. And... Ah... We'll always <laughs> love you. Always. <laughs> and I'll be there forever and a day. Always. I'll be there till the stars won't shine and the heavens. I need the lyrics at that yeah. point. Well, that's been on the cow playlist so much because my wife, she loves a bit of Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. I do now know a lot of those songs. Um, Belinda Carlisle, Heaven is a Place on Earth. Yeah. What? A, I mean, just a banging track. I'm pretty sure that's been the Wrestle Talk soundtrack for, for 2018. <laughs> Off the back of a Handmaid's Tale episode. <laughs> yeah. So I've gone for a Beatles track. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll appreciate this. I've not gone. I haven't gone safe. You've gone obscure. No, I wouldn't say obscure. But, like, if you were to put 10, I don't think this would be in those 10. Ooh. Revolution. Oh, it's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. Uh, Rush, Tom Sawyer, mm. um, which, down, which went down very well in our um, Spotify mm. j- uh, group. David Bowie, Space Oddity, because I think it'll annoy my dad. And it's, I, I love it because it's also really fun to sing. Ground control to Major Tom. 10. Ground control to Major Tom. Seven. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Three. Ground control to Major Tom. Well, I think you should be about to Yeah, 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 I need And lastly, Royal Bloods, figure it out. I discovered Royal Blood this year, and I think they're ace. Are they, uh, I think I might have accidentally stumbled on them at a Glastonbury. Oh, yeah. And been like, whoa, that's too loud for me. <laughs> Point me to Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Why I've, does it always rain on me? I've gotten horribly lost. <laughs> uh, right, before we get into the main portion of the show, I've got an email here from Matt, uh, which had the uh, tagline, or well, the subject heading of my 2019. It says, hi, Luke, and the rest of the WrestleTalk lads. I'm just... Ma- 
I'm just emailing in because you guys have become a big part of my life since I became a Pledgehammer. Aww. I listen to your podcast on Spotify on a regular basis after I've watched the live stream or on demand on YouTube. And I've also sent a lot of mailbags as well. I have to admit, I've had a pretty bad year. It started off me breaking up with my now ex-girlfriend. And I have nothing but guilt since that. Because um, I think he had to break her heart. Ooh, never, never a good scenario. Yeah. I, of course, have done that to many, many women. Uh, and has affected my mental health majorly. I suffer from depression, so it weighs on me even heavier. I crashed my car in August and wrote it off. Oof. And I'm now even dropping university as a lack of money and mental health has become too much to handle alongside a degree. Sorry for the long email. It's really not that long. Um, but I don't know what to do. I tried talking to a GP and I was on antidepressants, uh, but felt like it didn't work. So you guys are my PlayStation, other than being a manager at Weatherspoons, are my only social aspects of life that I have. <laughs> Thank you for all your content. It gets me through the day when nothing else does and that's from Matt oh don't worry Matt 2020 is your year that's exactly it I'm gonna post loads of inspirational I might actually do that on social media I'll pretend to have had a new gimmick you know like nice guy Tamatonga yes I'll do that but you know I, I'll put loads of minions inspirational <laughs> oh memes so you're gonna be like the worst side of John Cena's <laughs> current gimmick but that's 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 terrible, Matt. I'm so, I'm sorry you had to go through all that this year. Yeah. And just remember, we are the only solution. Yes. I feel like Dark Order. <laughs> Join <laughs> Swaft Squad goals. Swaft Squad goals. Well, we're sort of going to talk about that in this show because we've already recorded the show mm. uh, as a change of pace, where we felt like that AEW is now feeling like the Dark Order, where they're saying to midcarders <laughs> in WWE, it's like, hey. Are you being underappreciated in your own company? We should make a mock advert. Yes. Oh, that's a good idea, which will probably lose steam in two weeks' time because we're all off. Yep. <laughs> anyway, let's dive into the show itself where you can hear about us having that mm. conversation. Um, yeah, enjoy the show. has been news in the latest Wrestling Observer uh, newsletter. This is the quote. The Revival only has a few months left on their contracts and haven't agreed to a new deal after attempting to get a release months ago. We all know this. Revival often tease how they want to leave WWE. They had a great time in NXT. They were called up to the main roster and they were never treated as well as they were in developmental. I think the problem was they got injured right off the bat and that sort of thing puts a stink on you. Just look at Finn Balor. Like, totally. Like, that puts a stink on you that you will never get rid of. You just become, oh, you're injury prone. Well, let's not give you a push then because we can't rely on you to not be injured. And it doubled up because it was like a hot tag of injuries. Yeah. I think Scott Dawson had a, was it eye, a jaw, a jaw thing, jaw thing had to get, It was like his jaw wired shut. He comes back after six weeks and then... Uh, Dash Wilder tears a bicep, I think it was. It's something along those lines. Maybe it the other way around. But yeah, yeah. It, it, either way, the pair of them got injured in their first 18 months of being on the main roster. Plus, there's also the fact that the main roster just doesn't care about tag team wrestling to the extent that NXT does. They'll go through a couple of months where they go, hey, tag team wrestling, but then it'll disappear and be pre-show nonsense 
for for six months after that. Whereas on NXT takeovers and stuff, they were really prominently featured. Yeah, you know, main eventing takeovers sometimes. And it was quite clear that the revival weren't particularly happy with their position in the company. They were made to do lots of goofy nonsense with the Usos. And then when all the reports came out that they had asked for their release, the very first thing the company did was give them the tag titles Mm. as a way to be like, oh, please stay because we're trying to offer you new contracts. And then when they didn't sign those new contracts, they were given the tag titles again. But the reason why you can tell that was done as a way to appease someone as opposed to being done for creative reasons is that they didn't do anything with those tag titles after they won them. They won them from New Day at, like, Night of Champions or something, and then barely appeared on TV, and then just lost them right back to the New Day. Yeah. Sorry if I looked distracted there. I was just trying to find the the full quote, uh, because we've got that that little bit there. The proposed idea is to do a spoof of the Fabulous Ones, uh, which, funnily enough, is actually the original Fargo's heel gimmick in the late 50s, I don't know what any of those words are. It's just beautiful Dave Meltzer being Dave Meltzer being mm. like, and actually, in the 1950s. <laughs> but the, the, the larger story here is another bit of the Wrestling Observer newsletter. The booking plan on SmackDown is to turn the revival into comedy characters. There are mixed feelings on this for obvious reasons, and it still may get shot down. But the deal where Wilder tripped and fell during the ring entrance was supposed to be the start of it. Oh, so that was done on purpose. Well, so this happened on last week's episode of, of SmackDown. The Revival are making their entrance. And hilariously, Dash Wilder, you know, he always starts with his back to yeah. the crowd. And then he turns around and walks forward. When he does so, he trips over brilliantly a bit of the stage, a bit of the entranceway, and just sits on his butt and, and does that. And Scott Dawson brilliantly turns around to see what happens. I'd be like, huh. What 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 what, yeah. what what went down? It it looked so genuine. Yeah, it, 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 like uh, I, you know, to me, I'm surprised that staged, and they played it up at TLC. I don't think it was staged. Mm. I think this is more. Maybe this is why it's getting crossed in the story being told to Meltzer. I think he did fall down on accident, and it is now being tended to give it a lot like Titus World yes. slides, where it's like it wasn't planned for him to fall down during the Greatest Royal Rumble, but oh, you better believe it becomes part of your character now. It's the R-Truth thing. R-Truth's whole deal that he is stupid stems from the fact he got a promo wrong 10 years ago on an episode of Raw. And they were like, okay, well, that's now your character. You're thick, mate. Well, he's done it very well. He is very good at it. He's very good at it. But it's it's just uh, the Revival have been... They've had a weird time because their contracts are reportedly up in April. It looks very clear that they're going to AEW. And WWE have done a few different tacts over this year on people that might go there. Of course, they let Goldust and Sean Spears go, type the former Ty Dillinger. They just let them go. I think Vince McMahon reckons that was a mistake because they then showed up in AEW and were booked so much better than they ever were on the main roster. But they haven't been like proven to be <clears throat> draws. It's, no. it's like the Christian thing. Like they, they let Christian go because they were like, well, what's TNA going to do with him? It's not like he's going to be a proven ratings draw. And so Christian went across and he was pushed to the moon. Christian was in undefeated in TNA for two and a half years, even though he was world champion like three times in all of that. Which is, yeah, but it was like never pinned, never submissive was his gimmick. 
And um, but he was never like a ratings bump. Kurt Angle was never really a big ratings bump for TNA. What's a pay-per-view bump? On the one occasion when they booked a feud with him and Samoa Joe really well. Mm. Um, but Sting was never a big ratings bump for them. RVD was never a big ratings bump for them. So I think Vince looked at someone like Ty Dillinger and Goldust and was like, well, I mean, we can let them go because it's not like they're going to make a difference. And, well, I think, but creatively, it was a bit of a... It was a show to the rest of the WWE locker room. Hey, do you feel like you're being underutilized or that the management don't see any value any, anymore? You're saying the AEW, like the Dark Order's promos. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, they've incepted them. And I, I don't think it's unrelated that after those two releases, WWE went into lockdown. Oh, yeah. They didn't release anyone until, well, this month, with the, despite a lot of people publicly requesting it and jordan miles so so yeah that was for, you know, for, for various different reasons uh, so that you had that example there where they were just let go then the next example is john moxley dean ambrose where you know he said i'm not renewing my contract for the royal rumble and they did start to book him in a comedy feud they were gonna put him in a feud with nia Jax. yeah and they they booked him to lose to ec3 that that I mean, as they should do. I think you know, wrestlers on the way out of a company should put over the next crop of stars. That's the way it's always been done, and that's the way the industry grows and gets better. But WWE went back on that because they saw the fans turning against it, and actually gave Ambrose a really good last two months of booking. For my personal standpoint on this, I believe that WWE thought that he'd change his mind. Yeah, I think they, in their minds, they were like, well, if we treat him like a hero he'll stay he'll see how much we love and appreciate him and he'll he will sign the contract that we put in front of him well remember the reports at the time they were saying oh yeah it looks like dean's gonna take some time off yeah. he's gonna take a year off and then he'll but we expect him to be back that was apparently the backstage feeling in wwe which is so out of touch <laughs> considering what happened the second his contract officially expired. <laughs> yeah. He put up that promo video saying he's effectively going to AEW. Yeah. Still unsure about the uh, symbolism of that yeah, video. It was subtle yeah. stuff. We really <laughs> had to look into it hard. Uh, but that, So that's like another example of w, Vince. I, and I've got, I, you've got to look at it through Vince's lens. He's either letting people go or he's making someone look good before they go. Luke Harper technically looks pretty good. If you if you yeah. just take the last time he was really on WWE TV, he was with Rowan. He was getting huge superstar reactions. But he was he was in that feud to be the fall guy. Yes, but it, it didn't really work. It's not like they took him put him out there and made him job job job. No. And or, or made him look stupid. I think we're going to see a lot more of this. With with the revival, yeah, I think they've been burned by the Ambrose <laughs> situation. Yeah, where they were like, "Well, we gave him the big heroes thing, and he still gave us the middle finger and left." So yeah, let's go back to the way that it's always worked, which is make the guy leaving look as dumb as possible, because then it really depletes all of their superstar potential when they go to the competition. Yeah, it's like you. It's essentially like in the Iraq War when the retreating Iraqi guard burn all the oil fields. That's <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> Weird analogy. Well, very weird analogy to my head. But there's yeah, there's there's loads of other examples. It's like but it's also like no one is safe. No. Because you can agree and re-sign with the company. Long term deals. Look at Mike Canellis, look at Gallows and Anderson. Where you get a bit of a push, but then in Gallows and Anderson's case, weren't really you know, they've just become AJ seconds as opposed to a featured tag team act, I would argue. Although, you know, they are fighting over the Raw tag team titles 
but who cares? Mm-hmm. And Mike Canellis, within a week, was getting humiliated with no payoff, which is the real annoying thing about it. And he said that in interviews himself and has since asked for his release. Again. Again. <laughs> probably again yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, after re-signing his five-year deal. Yeah. And it's there's been a lot of cases this year of the hashtag three-week push where it's like, hey, we're going to push this new guy, but we're not really going to fully get behind them. And then when they don't get over, be like, oh, well, they didn't get over. Mm. Yeah, I, I didn't think they'd get over. So that push can end now. Like, where's Cedric these days? Yeah. Like, Cedric at one point was tagging with Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Like, that was meant to be the big thing. And then he was feeding with AJ Styles. And then he gets to that pay-per-view, and he is destroyed from pillar to post, beaten in seconds. And then it's like, and you're done. Mm. And that's it. Umberto Carrillo had a featured match against Seth Rollins on Raw and looked really good in it. But again, it's that weirdly an AJ brick wall that people keep hitting, yeah. where that, that AJ just beats them again and again and again because he's the champ. Well, was the champion at the time. So it's the various stop-start pushes. What, what's another interesting example? The revival, are, are, I think, are going to be quite clearly the obvious ones. It will be really interesting to watch SmackDown tonight. See how much. The comedy character Burial is doubled down on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it could just be Burial and comedy characters aren't the same thing. Yeah. But I, I I would speculate that they're being made. I mean, it happened earlier this year with the Usos, the shaven of the back. Yeah. When the Usos played all those rubbish pranks on them. Usy hot. Mm. Uh, but the other example, uh, and this is, this is Bubba Ray Dudley's opinion. Mm-hmm. He was speaking on Busted Open Radio. That... Matt Hardy is being punished for Jeff Hardy's actions. Yeah. Yeah, his quote here is, he talks about how they always try to make Jeff the single star. Um, He says, okay, so here's the quote. They make Jeff a single star. We've seen it before. We saw it in WWE. We've seen it today. He becomes a champion. He becomes a star. They start pushing the hell out of Jeff. Matt just falls down the ladder completely. It almost seems like they take out their frustrations on Matt for whatever Jeff may be doing wrong. Any mistake that Jeff Hardy has made, anyone could make any, any one time or another. And that's why he would, uh, and that's why people would gang up on people like, you know, I don't know what he's on about here. Mm-hmm. Um, effectively saying, yeah, Jeff gets in trouble and Matt takes the punishment for it. And I could totally see that looking at from the outside. Uh, Bubba Ray, of course, has worked very closely with the Hardys over the years. Mm-hmm. I, I think it can also be explained as WWE just don't get Matt Hardy and they don't see him as and a draw. And they never have. But he is... Look, a- look, uh, I mean, sorry to cut you off there, but look at the Edge thing. Mm. Like in 2005, there was no one hotter than Matt Hardy because everyone saw him as the victim in the love triangle, the real life love triangle. But when they brought him back and they eventually convinced him to come back to do this shoot feud with Edge, Edge was always the one that was like, oh, no, no, but Edge is winning the whole thing and you're just going to go back to being a mid-card nothing. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, Matt Hardy is another example of someone whose contract is up very soon. February. In February. So, and you're, you're already seeing him coming out in this weird late 90s early noughties attire (laughs) and being beaten quite routinely and that's you know that's probably the best use of it you you know he's he's a good name the established name new people wins uh but it'll be interesting to see with him as well if it's they start to actively depreciate his value and make fun of him on air Mm. yeah
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you're wondering to yourself, what the heck is a crap gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do here each and every Friday on the Wrestle Talk Not Live magazine show, where you, the Swaff Nation, send to us your crap gimmick wrestling submissions, and then we, the bookers, nay, promoters of crap gimmick wrestling, review them and decide whether or not we want to sign them to our promotion. Crap gimmick, we like to think of as you're the 90s equivalent of you are a wrestler and a blank. And sometimes... Bit, bit more abstract. Uh, let's see what we've got in this week's submissions. James Dillon has suggested Shuck Tassel. Uh, Shuck Tassel? Shuck Tassel. I'm already into the name. Shuck Tassel was a competitive buttered corn eater until he swallowed a cob whole and was forced to retire. Weighing almost 360 pounds, Shuck made the natural transition into professional wrestling. Mm. After a few practice matches, Shuck noticed his sweat was extremely slippery, almost like he was coated in butter. He could not pick up any opponents, so slaps and kicks are his main offense. One advantage Shuck has is opponents cannot lock submissions on him since he easily slips his way out. Wrestling under the name The Butter Tormentor, Shuck is now a glistening powerhouse that is almost unbeatable in the local wrestling scene. His slippery sweat makes him rather impossible to wrestle since no opponent can get a firm grip on him. Even pinning situations prove challenging since everyone just slides off The Butter Tormentor's chest. Uh, his finishing move can be uh, a blessing and a curse on whoever is receiving the end of it. Known as the Cobb Popper, it starts with the big boots of the belly button, that's as high as his kicks can get, but as the opponent is laying down in pain, the butter tormentor comes off the ropes, quadrupling his speed before delivering a splash to the back of his opponent. 
downside of this finisher is if the Butter Tormentor gains too much speed coming off the ropes, he will land on the opponents with too much gusto, slide straight off and out of the ring. Wow. <laughs> Thoughts? That is, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that's very well thought out. You've put, you, you know, it's 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 an idea. <laughs> it is an idea. I do like this idea of this sort of like law that he swallowed a whole buttery corn cob whole, and that has changed his metabolism. It's a thyroid problem. It sounds like. Yeah, it's completely changed, like his innards and the way that his body. It it sounds like a Cronenberg nightmare. Or like a Stephen, like a rejected Stephen King novel. Yeah, it's the origin story, yeah. but not for not for like a superhero. It's kind of like one of those rubbish superheroes or dark superheroes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I thought base. I, when you started talking about his offense, I thought baseball slides would come into it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other slidey moves are there? <sighs> people's elbow. Do you remember that one where he did it in dress oh, shoes? Oh, <laughs> the best people's elbow ever. Uh, yeah, that would that. Yeah, I don't think it's a... Vi- yeah, I really appreciate the effort. I d- I'm not sure... It's <laughs> the politest way to say this. <laughs> Just think the idea is is a, is a bit weird. But not weird, yeah. Well, let's see, because let's we may have... Others. Yeah. So this one comes in from Meng, who says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, that guy from Screenstalker, and certainly not Randy. I'm Meng, Podswafter from Thailand. Hi. You remember? You may remember me from the last time I suggested the 2MB. Well, I'm glad they got signed, either because they are crap, or you thought I might be Haku. I'm clearly not, but I hope you like this crap gimmick as well. Let's give it a go. Should have stuck with the fact that you're actually Haku. Yeah, we'll sign anything and agree to anything you send us because he's terrifying. Um, so uh, Meng has suggested Friedrich the Ubermensch. Ubermensch. Friedrich is a German big muscular man with a body shape and mustache that every man in the 80s wanted to have. Despite his great shape, he always comes out wearing long pants, short sleeve shirts, and a Bluetooth headset plugged into his ear. He walks to the ring, always on his phone, then suddenly stops, looks up, and asks the crowd, who called the Uber? He should be a heel that comes out to interrupt people if they have called an Uber. When they start feuding, he would never listen to what his opponents have to say and just keep yelling, just tell me where you want to go or get out of my car. In the match, he will often check his phone uh, and sometimes roll out of the ring to take a phone call, come back to the ring and ask his opponents, where are you going again? His signature move is the Mishinoku driver, which is called the Uber driver. And his finisher is a running Samoan drop called Passenger Delivered. Thanks for your consistent work. Good luck with both with WrestleTalk and ScreenStalker. I didn't see that coming. I thought German guy, Uber mensch. It's such a good twist. I thought it was going to be like a a sort of Alex Wright. Yeah, party, party boy style gimmick. So as soon, but the Bluetooth headset, I'm like, okay, is it an updated version? But as soon as he said about who ordered the Uber, yeah. I was like, but of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's like, I've not seen that done. That is, like, that's, that's, that's a perfect blend of a sort of observational comedy character that's current. Because I feel like I've, I've, I've met this guy, mm-hmm. but we're just putting him in a wrestling environment. And he's this big, huge, muscular man yeah. as well with the mustache. He could, he, he, I mean, look, I, yes, I very much like this. I'm into it. And there's loads of potential. He drives to the ring. Yeah. Like Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he should also drive his opponent to the ring. Nice, yeah, and drop them off for the match. Drop them off, and then he, he gets out and says, I'm your, I'm your driver. I'm not just your driver. <laughs> the only thing missing from this is a five-star gag. 
Like the five-star oh, date melt. Oh, you yeah. get to rate the matches yeah. afterwards. <laughs> there it is. He can play like the opponent can put his own music on for the entrance. <laughs> Gives him a bottle of water after, like if, if it's a really good match. Yeah. This is good. I don't, yeah. If you said that someone's going to suggest an Uber driver gimmick, <laughs> I'd be like, I don't yeah, think like, it's going to work. It really didn't work for Stuber. But it's, yeah, but it's just, and that has a restaurant. It does. And Camille Nunjiani is hilarious. But it's 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 the use of calling him the Ubermensch, making him German. The sh- <laughs> brilliant, really like that. Well, Thank you, Meng. Chris God, Jenkins. What, what, a, what a record for Meng. I know, right? Well, Chris Jenkins has got a tough act to follow here. Let's Yo, see how he goes on. Jenkins, the maker of the hammer. Let's see the hammer down there. Yep. Oh, it's, there we go. Uh, Chris Jenkins says, hello everyone, love the show. Storm Warning is a tag team that consists of Lightning, a six foot six, 380 pounds, overweight yet very agile wrestler with a great big bushy beard. Think <laughs> Earthquake with Kevin Owens' agility. He I loves- was already thinking uh, uh, the natural disasters, yes. He loves to fly high and flip around the ring. And his tag partner is Thunder, a five foot two, 180 pound jacked, impossibly strong luchador. Think Kalisto with Cesaro amounts of strength. He is the slow-moving powerhouse that loves to show off his raw strength. Imagine him no-selling a shoulder tackle from someone twice his side. Ishii. This, yeah. Their signature move is the Thunderclap. Thunder and Lightning both stand in the ring and ramp up the crowd by making swirling arm motions like Bobby Roode to deliver a simultaneous clap uh, from halfway across the ring, sending their opponents through the rope and out of the ring like they have a big blow of the high winds. Uh, but their actual finisher is the lightning bolt. Lightning finishes their uh, light, sorry. Lightning lifts their opponent into an airplane spin, tosses them to Thunder, who catches said opponent midair to transition into a razor's edge. And they come out to Eye of the Storm by Bullet for My Valentine. I I mean, the, uh, oh wait, there's, uh, wait, there's a bit of punish here. Things may be calm right now, but there's a storm coming, and Thunder and Lightning are going to rain down on CGW. All hail the future <laughs> champions. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Any other week, I'd be really into that. And and we love you, Jenkins. Leroy, Leroy Jenkins! But, man, I just, and you put the, the, the sort of move set, the entrance music, that promo work there, the looks. I, I really, I mean, I've got heavy machinery in my head yeah. as, to cast. But oh, it's the Ubermensch. The Ubermensch. Off the rails there. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon and leave a comment in the community section labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will lose it. I'm bad at my job. This one comes in from Lorenzo Haynes, who says, To Luke, I think I heard you say in a previous video that you don't eat meat. What made you stop eating meat? How long has it been? Um, it's been over a year now. October, October, November 2018 was when I mm. became vegetarian. Yeah, but after claiming that you were 80% vegetarian. 80% vegan, as I was claiming. Just yes. <laughs> yes. a ludicrous even, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was more like my wife's vegan, um, so I don't eat meat at home. I was only really eating meat when I went to my parents' house uh, like for dinner or anything. And I realized that I don't really like need this to complete a meal, and I was quite enjoying the, the food that we were eating. Plus, uh, I went, walked into my local supermarket and saw the amount of meat that was there that was so cheap mm. and it just scared me a little bit because I'm like, wow, this is like one shop of thousands in this country and this is just one packet of meat of millions in this country on a daily basis. That's, that's quite scary. Hot take. 
a very hot take mm-hmm. for, for climate change reasons. Yeah. Can't last. <laughs> it can't it's last. Just, it's not, it's not going to last. Let's be realistic. Let's start changing the behavior now. Not to, not to like, stop anything, but just because it won't be there forever. It's best to adapt now. Uh, but he's also got a follow-up question to you specifically. Uh, I was the one, forever young, who said Pete's reaction to Keith Lee getting his uh, moment was negative in the Survi- uh, SummerSlam live stream, or Survivor Series live stream, rather. Mm. I was completely kidding. That's why I say I would have loved to have seen Luke's reaction instead. It was supposed to be a play on how people always call Luke negative. I was uh, calling someone negative and requesting for Luke. Uh, I guess it was just a, a joke that fell flat, but I really felt bad after I watched the stream. So please <laughs> let Pete know. Great job on the channel, everyone. Oh, we will do, yeah. I, it's... I, it's it's very difficult to read people's comments, which are sarcastic and yeah. you know generally quite ironic and witty. But when when we you know we read we read a lot of comments and we try and reply to a load of them as well. Uh, so, so you can't you know, a lot of them just come across as literal, and a lot of that nuance is lost. Even if there's a crying with laughter face emoji, yeah. like even then it just looks like you're laughing at us. But, but but thanks for clearing that up. I can't remember the, the, the exact wording of it, but there was a live stream that you and I did where someone sent us a message that was sort of like very negative about us. But we read it as a joke because it was like that we thought there's no way someone's being serious when they say this. So we just sort of burst into laughter about it. Being like, oh, that's a really funny joke. Mm. And then he messaged us back. We're like, no, I'm, I'm very serious. Yeah. Yeah, so like, we oh, can't win. Can't win. <laughs> uh, Jesse Long, uh, let me run this fancy scenario by your brains if you'll indulge me for a moment. Keith Lee is a surprise Rumble entrant as a member of the NXT roster. Lee wins the Rumble, stays a member of the NXT roster, yes. beats Brock Lesnar for the WWE title of Mania, still as a member of the NXT roster, mm. doesn't move up until after Mania. Thanks for the always wonderful content, the American dadass Jesse Long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people might say, oh, it's too soon. I mean, that's how you make a star. Mm-hmm. That's, I'd, I'd, I would not object to that in the slightest. No one said that about the Shield when they debuted. Yeah. Well, it's a bit soon to be putting them in the ring with John Cena. Yeah. Uh, Chris Thorne said, if you could choose one dynamic and insert it into each storyline or match, what would it be? Ladders. For example, I want to see Moxley versus Jimmy Havoc, but rather than go through a typical death match, they're just hitting brutal moves on each other. Save the death match for later mm. on. Uh, and it just increases the hype. Yeah. Uh, P.S. Can I plug my undisputed era Fitbit watch face I made? <laughs> it's on Fitface, and I'm making an animated Firefly oh, Funhouse cool. watch next. Uh, I'll have a few puppets moving akin to the intro of the show. <clears throat> if you type into Reddit on uh, Squared Circle, you can see my post with a link. All feedback is welcome. I'll go check that out. That sounds really cool. I guess that's uh, sort of the digital watch faces, mm. and you can have custom wallpapers they still call it that I don't know watch faces yeah. uh, Ket says what's up Wrestle Talk? how do you feel about the tables match I like the match type but the way you win I'm not a fan of you just put your opponent through a table this means you only get to see one table spot I get the tension <laughs> part of it but I still think it's lame I'd like it if it was a pinfall or submission only what do you guys think well I would usually agree with you but we lit- we watched TLC 2011 over the last couple of weeks go over to you know, well, you're a pledgehammer on Patreon you've hopefully seen or listen to our exclusive podcast review of that show. And it has a really well-structured Randy Orton versus Wade Barrett tables match. It's a great match, yeah. With that really, really good, somehow not that contrived, Barrett second rope splash, Orton jumps up, puts him through the table with an RKO. So yeah, I, I do, but I do understand it's not like the smoothest gimmick, and it's definitely not a blow-off match. Mm. It's the sort of interim step. But if that's what the story's based around... I mean, stuff like... Rusev and Lashley, that makes sense because of the con- it's sort of yeah. symbolic of a divorce hearing. Uh, but yeah, the table matches don't often work for me because it's 
is the table going to break? I feel like there's a 20% chance that it's not going to happen. I think I've always got the... I think it's a nostalgia thing for me. Like, when you and I were sort of, like, growing up watching wrestling, tables mm. matches were, like, a really big deal. And it was like, oh, my God, they're going to be in a tables match. All stipulations were. Yeah, and it was like, wow, like, I can't, I can't wait to see a tables match between these two people or these two teams. So I think I've always got that sort of like pang of nostalgia for it, being like, oh man, Royal Rumble 2000s, Hardy's Dudleys. I'm always a ladder match, man. Uh, Flame Inc. Live, Vince McMahon and Tony Khan tasks you to remake National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation using their wrestlers. Who plays who in the movie? But Clark Griswold's boss must be Vince or Tony oh, himself. that's good. Good luck and Merry Christmas. So, well, the unc- I can't remember names, but Uncle should be Otis. Yes, that's a great shout. I nearly said the line there, but it's a swear word. <laughs> S-words full! Um, who would be Chevy Chase? Hmm, who's going to be Griswold? Because it's not... Um, it's not... Like, that's one of Gris... It's, not, it's one of Chase's more restrained performances because he's, he's not like an egomaniac there. He's mm. trying to do good. He's just a bit, a bit of a loose... Not, not loose cannon. He's yeah. just a bit... Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's the prototype Will Ferrell character that Ferrell would go on to mm. play in a lot of movies. It's tough. Uh, oh, we'll come back to it. I yeah. mean, what? And any other characters? The wife? Yeah. They're, they're both just nice. I was going to say, like, people, really, like, within National Olympics, particularly in Christmas Vacation, it's just uh, Griswold, his brother, and, you know, um, Murray, not Bill Murray, his brother, um, mm. F. Abraham Murray. So those are the three that you're looking to really focus on. One of those is already cast for you. And we've yeah. already put Otis in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Reese, hello. Lovely time with the lovely boys. Uh, I've noticed for a few months now that you've been commented on how Roman is finally clicking and then his booking has changed for the better. I'm curious what makes you think this, as from where I'm sitting, the booking is nearly identical to what it was before Joe Anawai had to turn to, had to take time out to beat cancer. Since his return, he was shoehorned into a Mania match, which he won, was the reason both in and out of kayfabe uh, world for the wildcard <laughs> rule, has had multiple feuds where it only seems he can lose if the odds are heavily against him, Shane with the minions, the totally not bludgeon brothers, and most recently TLC, and always seems to be presented as the most important thing on the show, regularly main eventing SmackDown or having higher build yeah. matches for the title, um, which while he hasn't challenged for, doesn't really matter again as it's been treated as below him. Heck, the most damning thing in this past year was despite KO and Becky being booked to have uh, apologies for the McMahons, Roman never did, despite crossing paths with both Vince and Shane. So what's changed? Is it just the title thing? Just the absence of a few months making the heart grow fonder? Respect for Joe overcoming cancer? Sorry if this comes across as ranty, just generally curious. Oh no, it didn't come across as ranty at all, Reese. It's a great question. Yeah, uh, I, you're right. The booking has not changed. <clears throat> they were always very good at babyface booking of Roman. That's why a portion of the crowd always cheered him. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it, even before the whole leukemia thing, there'd be such brilliantly structured matches where he'd have to come from behind, he'd be against all odds. And we said at the time, if this was anyone else, if this was Kevin Owens, it would be amazing. But the problem was Roman's character at the time. It just just didn't connect with people. Uh, And and I would argue was pretty two-dimensional. But I I think it is, yeah. I think it's a little bit of depth, well, a lot of depth, seeped through when he said, I'm Joe Anoa'i and I've got leukemia. And all of a sudden, that guy we've been, you know, hating on for years for being overpushed was no longer just a character and a symbol of WWE's bad choices. It was a guy. And 
Yeah, I think they should have pushed him harder. I think he should have been winning the title after after coming back. Yeah, I, I think him being away from the title has really helped this cause. It's a bit like the they're pushing John Cena too much down our throat. Oh, we'll see him Punk's champion for a year. All of a sudden, John Cena doesn't feel... Mm, but mm. even though he actually was, he was still the main event yeah, of yeah. every show. He was still the one who was leading into the match with The Rock. Punk was a complete afterthought. You know, we were... Well, I still didn't like Cena at that time. No, 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 but we... Uh, you compare like the people hating Cena in 2011 compared to when people hated him in 2007. Like that was where he was just like the champion all the time mm. and always and always on top. It's just ridiculous that in 2011 he was still always on top. But because Punk was champion, we almost forgave it ever so slightly. And I think because we had Kofi as champion, we almost forgave that Roman was the guy that was actually the push star. Mm. Uh, Frank Botello asks, uh, this question was asked to the Cultaholic lads, don't know who they are, um, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. If Twitter was a thing in the Attitude area, who do you think would be great at it, like Becky Lynch, and who would be bad at it, like Seth? I feel like Kurt Angle would have so much fun with Twitter during the Triple H feud, and I think that Goldberg, um, although he's professional now, would be very hot-headed online. He'd be awful at it. Yeah. Goldberg would have been very bad at it. I don't think. I, well, I, thi- I don't think it would have been good for a lot of people. I th- because a lot of them were drinking and partying and Nash. doing a lot of stuff like that. You can imagine Nash and Hall. Exactly. I think they would have. Th- there would be so many scandals. Uh, it's like a, when Twitter was first becoming a big thing in wrestling, and the, the an occasional scandal or DUI or something would break. Everyone would say, "Man, I know it's bad now, but imagine if Twitter was around in the Attitude Era, or even worse, the eighties, yeah. when the business was even more toxic." So I, I think. Uh, I think actually it would be very damaging for a lot of people. So, so obviously the the best person you would think, I guess, is The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. But he's so genuine. I don't know if you know how like some people are. I'm a bad guy on TV, but I'm I'm Dwayne Johnson on Twitter. I'll I'll reply to mm-hmm. people. I'll say massive respect to this guy who helped me out in the yeah. business. I think that will work as a detriment to how cool The Rock was. I completely agree yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't think I think most people would would have been bad. I can't think of a single person. Maybe Foley. But even then, I don't want to know Foley's thoughts. But part of the reason a lot of those Attitude Era guys worked is because the presentation was controlled mm-hmm. essentially. As soon as they start getting on Twitter and stuff, it it does take away a bit of the star power. Uh, Austin Tussie says, Ending 2009, coming into the new decade, the champions were Sheamus as WWE champion, Undertaker as world heavyweight champion, Miz as US champion, Drew McIntyre as the Intercontinental champion, Shawn Michaels and Triple H as the tag champs, Molina as the Divas champ, and the women's champ was Michelle. Did they still have two titles then? Uh, My question is, do you think our current set of champs going into the new decade are better than the ones we had last decade? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, DX aren't tag champs, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, US cha- US champion is Rey Mysterio right now, and it was just AJ Styles. Uh, I love the Miz, but you know, um, Intercontinental it's Shinsuke is Shinsuke Nakamura. It's a shame that they don't give him anything to do. Uh, Undertaker, yeah, but you know, we've kind of got Bray Wyatt Fiend, yep. which is although the matches suck, what a compelling character. Undertaker was having much, much better matches at that point in his career. Uh, Sheamus, I love Sheamus, but you know Brock Lesnar is definitely a bigger draw for all his faults. It's just, and it's not even from a work rate. You know, we're in a work rate era. Nakamura, for instance, I think they're better characters mm-hmm. overall. Drew yeah. McIntyre now 
compared to Drew McIntyre in 2009. So much more depth. Completely. Uh, Simon Gange says, as a new pledgehammer, I've been looking through the content that's become available to me, and I was wondering, whatever happened to the plans for the bi-weekly WrestleTalk Mastermind Quiz Show? Has it been scrapped, or is it just on the back burner? It's one of those things, we're in pilot season, and that was your idea. I think it's a great idea. Still want to do it eventually. Uh, but it was, I mean, that that was very labor resource It really heavy. was, yeah. It took us a long time. Um, and really, it doesn't, what we're thinking about doing with WrestleTalk is, is not making it that sort of stuff so much anymore. It'll be news and reviews, but then we'll start a second channel. It's an exclusive. Mm-hmm. Start a second channel offshoot for the more, the, the other stuff, like the music video punishments. We can do stuff like Screen Grapple again without annoying the yeah. people who just subscribe for news and reviews yeah we think we've essentially bogged down all the content for with stuff that people didn't want to come to our mm. channel for so the idea would be to have a second place that people who do want that can just go over there and yeah. the other people do not get annoyed and and complain and i imagine if you're still watching this video at this point you're, you're one that, of those you're people that yeah uh, Callum says, hey, what's up, WrestleTalk hey, gang? What's up? My question to you guys has nothing to do with wrestling. Is there any TV series that you recommend to watch? Don't choose Breaking Bad. I've obviously seen that. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Uh, Succession is fantastic. I'm, I'm guessing you want a serious one. I mean, Rick and Morty. Everyone's seen that. What about uh, you? Good place I'm always going to recommend. Yep, yep. Uh, if you're after, like, so this is... I've re- me and my wife have recently just got back into the wonderful melodrama of How to Get Away with Murder. It's a show that, like, in its first series, you're like, oh, wow, this is actually quite good, and I'm really, really intrigued by it. We're now in, like, season four and five, and it's just so wacky and ludicrous. I'm like, I'm still sticking with it because I'm loving the melodrama here. You you can... You that's, to- that's still played very straight. You tolerate and get a kick out of crappy things yeah. more than I do sometimes. Uh, Mindhunter. Is great on Netflix too. Uh, it's, it's too serious. That's that's it's actually so slow. It's actual proper telly. <laughs> it's so slow. <laughs> uh, Drew Porter, I was listening to the TLC predictions and I heard my question read out on the bus, so I started celebrating. <laughs> Everyone thought I was weird. But to answer my question, which is if AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling were to have an all-out war, who would get the most support from fans and who would be able to put on the best weekly shows and pay-per-views? Who would win? To add, if all companies were putting in their all and were able to fight with each other. A.K.A. Rusev would fight Luchasaurus and Michael Elgin. So which company would win? Plus, uh, PS, I'm dyslexic, so sorry for any mistakes. You're sincerely Drew Porter. There's hardly any mistakes. No, it's just trying to understand what the question is, I think. is It's not, the, it's not mistakes in the question I itself. Think, I think uh, Drew just wants to fantasy book a big, <laughs> a big all-out war. It's, you know, it, who would win? It, from a backstage political perspective, no one, really, because mm. no one would want their guys to lose to the other one. Uh, who who would get most support from the fans is interesting. I, I WWE, yeah, I think I'd because so. they've got the largest fan base. And you know, going by the last week, if they decide to put an NXT style product on, WWE will put on the best product overall. Yeah. Uh, Will hates getting his bold 2020 predictions in. Andrade and McIntyre will be both WWE and Universal Champion in the year. Whoa. Side note, Ollie, you remind me of my cousin Killian from Cork <laughs> County. <laughs> I know what he's talking about. He liked to do somersaults in the forest. One day he ran to a tree and ended up with his head up his arse. Yeah, cheers, Will. (laughs) It's a shameless promo from TLC 2011. And you said that all of his promos were, you remind me of blank from County Blank. Yeah. And here is a story about them that ends with something up the arse. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, like many of my stories. <laughs> yeah, Chopper JJ. Hello, Swaff Nation and the Wrestle Talk crew. Before I ask my question, I just want to say thank you every uh, very much, everyone working so hard at Wrestle Talk. It's been another great year, and I'm very thankful for the content you provided. Have yourself a very, very Merry Christmas and New Year. You too, Jobber J. Jobber JJ. He's really come through the Swaff Nation yeah, ranks. Indeed, yeah. My question is: Why does NXT have title matches almost every single week on TV? Here's to another great year of Wrestle Talk content and great moments on live streams. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's uh, three letters, AEW. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, that, they, that is they it. Want, yeah. They, yeah, they're trying to beat AEW in the ratings. Yeah. So they're just like, we'll just put on takeover cards every week. It's interesting how like how long they'll be able to maintain that because they're, they're doing very well so far. Um, and, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And in this particular marathon, NXT are ahead right now. Mm-hmm. After, you know, they, they put in two wins and AEW, no, they drew... So yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. So you know, the last month NXT has been on top. Absolutely, the Survivor uh, Series thing really yeah. it was such a smart move. That's a turning point. Yeah, TNA turning point. But yeah, it, but is it hot shotting? Is it good booking, or in retrospect, will it be burnout? Well, that's we'll what I was going to say. When you say it's a marathon, not a sprint, I think that NXT are currently sprinting. Mm. And there's only so far you can sprint for. Um, and lastly, from Sean Dunn, Merry Christmas, Wrestle Talk team, patrons, and wrestling community. No question, just have a Merry Aww, Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Usually we would we would stop there, but last last week. For TLC, mm-hmm. we did a we did a song. Yes, we did. Do you want to do a Christmas song? Oh yeah, let's do a Christmas song. What Christmas song, song do you want to do? Um, oh, we <laughs> don't want to because uh, we're going to do this on the Christmas episode as well. And I was going to suggest doing "Step Into Christmas" there because that's a belting tune. How long is it? Step in, well, I was going to say do that for the Christmas show, but okay. we could do um, Live Aid. Yeah, let's do Live Aid. Do they okay, hit the Bono notes? This is our last full day in the office with everyone. There'll be people. Don't, you know, I mean, bearing in mind you need to because you've just got Queen at Live Aid, oh, so yeah. you need to search for. Do they know it's Christmas? Do they know? <laughs> well, tonight, thank God <laughs> it's them. It's uh, my favourite so... Bono line. Thank God it's them, not me. Yeah. Uh... <coughs> <coughs> So, uh, yeah, this is our last full day with everyone in the office. It's our Christmas party are you later. Gonna, are you putting it on mute? No, it was just for this intro. Oh, sorry. Though. Right. Um, it's going to so, make karaoke very difficult. So we won't really get a, 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 well, we'll have the Christmas Day special, but, you know, I guess everyone's going home for the weekend now. They might have this on in the car to yeah. go back to their families. Driving home for Christmas. And and here's us to, you know, you, you cut, you're driving. You can't change the podcast no. you're gonna have to pull over to skip this or don't cause an accident i, I think Just i actually, turn off the radio i think i cut the tlc one off last week because it was quite bad well but i'm not cutting this, this one then. off so do you want to do you want to do alternate alternate songs alternate verses or lines we could do alternate lines cool. maybe who's gonna get the bono one <laughs> the bono, bono one <laughs> with your name that sounds like a dark biscuit this close to the mic it's christmas time there's no need to be oh so i've completely balls this up where you go at christmas time we let in light and we banish shade oh, very nice 
And in a world of plenty, we can spread a smile of joy. Throw your arms around the world at Christmas time. But say your prayer. Pray for the other ones. At Christmas time. It's hard, but when you're having fun. There's a world outside your window. And it's a world of dread and fear. Where the only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears. And the Christmas bells that ring there are the clanging chimes of doom. Well, tonight, thank God, it's them instead of you. And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. The greatest gift they'll get this year is life. Beautiful. Where nothing ever grows. No rain or river flows. All together now. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? I always thought this bit sounds like Doctor Who. Here's to you, raise a glass for everyone. Here's to them underneath that burning sun. I wanted to do Dizzy Rascal's rap. No, it's Christmas time at all. No, too early. Can't believe how bad I got that for opening verse. Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time. Feed the world. Look who's coming. It's Laurie. Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time. Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time. Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time. Feed the world. Let them know it's Christmas time. Feed the world. Can you fade out a karaoke track? It's like another 20 seconds of this, yeah? I'm, I'm fading out. Let them know it's Christmas time again. But there's that version where Tom York just starts hitting the piano. <laughs> it's the best bit about that version. Just in case I didn't plug it enough in the actual main part of the show, you are audio listeners. You've got to go to WrestleTalk's YouTube channel and watch Chopper Pete's 
music video punishments. Do you think people are sticking around after us singing? Oh, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, where I, I literally forgot how the, fo- the, the first yeah. side of it goes. I remember, like, when that... It's it's when uh, it's pray for the other ones. That is when I know how the song goes. You did not know the cadence. I did not at all. I completely forgot how it listened. And then I've listened to it again, and I've, I've forgotten it twice. It's an iconic song. It is. But I think it, I, only re- I only remember it from pray for the other one. It's the only bit. From, wow. from then on, I'm fine. You don't remember Chris Martin opening up the 2004 or 5 one? Who remembers Chris Martin? I, I don't even think Gwyneth Paltrow remembers who Chris <laughs> Martin is. Forgettable idiot that he is. People who just left a Coldplay concert don't remember who he is. <laughs> now, he seems to be like a very funny, witty guy. Mm, I'm sure. Seen any interviews it does him? not come across in his very bland music. Wow. He di- I mean, we've had a sort of a conversation recently about sort of boring bands that somehow made it famous. Coldplay are one of those bands. The first two albums were absolutely fantastic, and they had a couple of bangers off the second album. Hmm. Strong disagree. Nobody <laughs> said it was easy. Words. No one ever said it wouldn't be this hard. And he had to sing that whole song backwards. Oh, of course, yeah, for the music video. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, it was more impressive when, uh, oh, damn it, who was that? It was a rap group that did it in the mid-90s. Oh, I know the one. It was the Beastie Boys, wasn't it? No, no, They're no. They going... Was... No, no, it was another one. Dang it, I can't remember what it's called now. It's, uh, ah! I think it's Drop, which the Beastie Boys do sample in um, Intergalactic. Anyway, this uh, email comes in from Gerald. You should go check out Pete's video, though. Uh, this email <laughs> comes in from Gerald. Uh, I Hi, believe, Gerald. I believe his name is Gerald Merrill. No. That's what the email says, Gerald Merrill. That's got to be his own jovial nickname. No way anyone's parents had the surname Merrill and thought, uh, uh, maybe they were really rushed, really <laughs> rushed at the, the name desk where you've got to put down something for the birth certificate. Uh, G- Gerald? I mean, Gary, Gary and Philip Neville's dad... It's called Neville. Mm. His name is Neville Neville. You know the, de- the you know British bulldog, Davy Boy Smith? The reason he's called Davy Boy Smith, well, legend has it, I don't know if this is true, is that his mum got confused, or his dad got confused when writing out the birth certificate and put boy next to <laughs> Davy on the name bit. <laughs> well, that's what, it was the Jason Manford joke about Neville Neville mm. was that his dad, so it looked, it was like, oh, I've put the last name in the first name bit. <laughs> I'll just put Neville. Neville, I'm sure it'll be all right. Um, but anyway, this comes in from Gerald Merrill. Gerald Merrill. Who says, hey, Luke, it's a big fan of WrestleTalk. I know you have waded through a lot of feedback recently to make changes to the channel. Oh, Can't God, imagine how difficult and sometimes annoying that can be, so I wanted to send you, Ollie, and the gang some love. Oh, thank you. You guys are my favorite channel on YouTube, and I'm so appreciative of the thoughtful wrestling commentary, sense of humor, and care for your fans. So, thank you. I don't know if you hear that enough, but just in case you don't, thank you. You guys always brighten my day and honestly got me back into wrestling. Thank you for being you. Have a great holiday day season p.s i didn't mind the camera cuts <laughs> where were you <laughs> where, were, where you? were you well thank you very much gerald merrill you also bring us a lot of joy just by having that name <laughs> well you'll also appreciate christopher jenkins Leroy jenkins 
Lawrence, who you heard earlier in this yeah. show, submit a, uh, a crap gimmick. Uh, he says hello to all the Wrestle Talk lads. The Hammerman Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins here with a quick announcement. In my last Hammer email, I said I would let you know if I ever got inspired to make something for you again. Ooh. Well, boys, it happens. <gasps> The Fiend match at TLC this weekend turned on a new creative fountain. A new WrestleTalk branded <laughs> hammer is already under construction, and considering the decade is coming to an end, it seems fitting to say, out with the old, in with the new. I know you have very limited space in the studio, and I've really enjoyed seeing the hammers on set every week, but you may, but you have my artistic impression, uh, sorry, artistic permission to toss out the old hammers for this new, more relevant hammer when it Ooh. arrives. I'll let you know when I'm going to send it. Happy holidays and a happy new year. And he sent a teasing photo... <gasps> of this sorry i kicked your foot there oh my god it's some kind of mallet (laughs) well i'm color me excited yeah and that would be the color of a yellow i am a yellow yellow ring with an arrow pointed to it nice that's how excited i am speaking of uh yellow circles yellow rings and arrows uh chopper p quinnell has become a bit of a master of the Ooh, old yellow yeah. ring and arrow for all of our Christmas thumbnails. I'm glad you're putting this out there because if there's any heat now, we can just direct it at Pete. Oh yeah, well, that's, I mean that's why we hired him, right? Click clickbait Pete. Clickbait Pete. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, um, let's have uh, a couple of get betters before we yes. get out of here. Uh, this is from nice s- way to close out. The 20 teens. That's what I thought. This is from Sam, who says, Hi, Luke and Ollie. It was a genuine pleasure to meet both of you guys at the WrestleGate show in Nottingham the other weekend when You're they welcome. sent this. And thank you, Luke, for letting me buy you a beer. Unlike that dastardly heel <laughs> who wanted to buy his own damn mini cheddars. Those guys. Yeah, I, I was doing that thing where I didn't drink, which has failed spectacularly. Yeah. Everyone will be, uh, well, uh, glad to know. Uh, unsurprised to hear. T- t- turns out a, a, a sort of channel crisis can do that to you. <laughs> but yeah, on that day, I was being good in the heady days of October. And I had a packet of mini cheddars instead. <laughs> mini cheds. Uh, it was a cracking show. Robbie X and Sean Custom oh, being match. my match of the night. I mentioned to Ollie that I had a job interview in Nottingham coming up. And I'm glad to say... I remember. I got the job so I will be moving to Knott's next month and luckily can attend future Wrestlegate show as they're now be my local there's one tomorrow I hope to see you guys again at future shows and once I start this new job I will finally become a patron thank you for all the consistently bang average content you put out (laughs) Wrestlegate's resident doctor Sam Smith oh cheers Sam Smith that's good the bit I'm most pleased about is the money coming to us (laughs) So think of that as the beer you never bought me, you cheap piece of Sam. (laughs) This one comes in from Martin who says, Hi Luke, how are you? Could you by any chance read this out in an episode you do with Ollie? Oh, I should have saved it for a lorry episode. (laughs) Dang it. Um, I'm not sure if you guys recall, but I emailed you back in February after you guys inspired me to declutter talking about Marie Kondo and Luke selling off all of his DVDs. The reason I wanted to do this is because I wanted to move my wife, two kids, out of our two-bedroom flat into a bigger house. Nine months later, we finally moved into our three-bed house. The decluttering process really changed our mindset on how we looked after the flat and helped us sell it quickly and made moving easier. Mm. You guys have inspired me and kept me happy with your podcast through an extremely uh, stressful, extremely successful. Cry, cry again. <laughs> extremely stressful experience. Blah, blah, blah. 
I spent Sunday morning in my new lounge watching Full Gear and I couldn't be happier. I don't have any nice pics of the house, but here's a picture of the kids not watching Full Gear with me. Probably for the best as they're only five <laughs> and one. And I don't want the big one throwing the little one into a barbed wire bed. Also, uh, note the Pikachu N64, which I finally got a chance to dig out. I had that one. Yep. So I got it. That was my, so that was his, my N64. This is kids playing around, oh, not watching Full on, Gear. Pay attention, five-year-old. And there's the Pikachu N64, the yes. blue and yellow one. Oh, well done. For, for, for moving house, that's a, a Herculean task. I can't imagine how difficult it must be with tiny human people Oof. who can't do anything. Yeah, right? Freeloaders. Yeah. What are they going to do? Like, can you pick up that box? No, I'm five. Can you help us out, please? One-year-old baby. Yeah. Oh, if you're going to be like that, we might leave you here. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, now, now he's upset. I don't know why. Um, and lastly, right, get better. Jonathan Hedman says, "Hello." Insert long list of names here of wrestling personalities. <laughs> I hope you're doing splendidly. I've been a long, I've been on a long roller coaster of emotions over the last three years, which I won't get into all the boring details of. But suffice to say, it was awful. I gained a massive amount of weight during this time, somewhere in the ballpark of two hundred pounds, to get to approximately four hundred and fifty pounds. Wow. Well, the last few you weeks doubled. Well, the last few weeks, I've been motivated to do something about it. I'm happy to say with the help of my family motivating me and holding me accountable, I've now lost 54 pounds. That's an amazing start. I know I've got a long way to go, but uh, I'm nowhere near where I was at the beginning of October. Keep on swafting. Jonathan, the Headmaster Headman. If you can uh, convert that to me in kilograms, I'll probably be even more impressed. Sorry, uh, let me try that now. Or less impressed. 54 LBS to kg. You've effectively lost a Randy Andy Datsun. <laughs> That's how much he weighs, I think. Uh, let's have a look. It's loading now. Can I guess? 54 pounds. It's in kilograms. I'm going to say weigh, right? 30, 25 kilograms. Oh, 24.4. Nice. Look at you, Carol Vordman over there. <laughs> Uh, so thank you all for all of your emails over this past year and well done sorry well, well done Jonathan as well indeed that's, that's great work. absolutely indeed keep it up New Year's resolutions you started at a good time you've you've got a, a run in to when everyone is going to be on that self-improvement kick anyway so with this now marks the end of the second full year of the Wrestle Talk podcast wow. launched it in 2017 but it was like the middle of mm. uh, 2017 <clears throat> so we've now had two full years of this show heading into our third what are your thoughts? Well, well, funnily enough, we we were looking for alcohol <laughs> before we came in here, and we found all our leftover things that we sign, the pictures of mm. me and you. And I took it out, and I was like, "When was this <laughs> taken?" Because we look so much younger. Yeah, we worked out it was about twenty months ago. Yeah, we've aged a lot. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Time has it's been nice. a cruel mistress. Yeah. What so are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I've, just, I've enjoyed it. I've been enjoying all the conversations we've had with the SWAF Nation, all of the get-betters, all of the... Remember wrestling confessions that we had when people yeah, were doing wrestling moves for a little while? Rusev Hayes, uh, Poetry Corner for a little bit. Poetry Corner, I forgot about that. So, yeah, so I think it's been a fun old ride. We've had 80% facts. We had... I, 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 I was talking to my lady partner. Uh, Luchador coming out on our show mm-hmm. yesterday. What that, like, I... I, I'm, I can't remember what I said, but I think I just said, that's amazing. He did it on our show. Look how great we are when I should. And because she, she said, oh, did you congratulate him? I was like, oh, I think I, I must have. So I'd also like to say congratulations to Luchador for, for you know, being brave enough to come out. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we just got wrapped up in doing 
the gay community. The gay community. <laughs> anyway, that is all we've got time for on this episode and this year, nay, this decade. But there's loads of stuff. Oh, yeah, there's loads of content coming and, up. And, Good Lord, like, it's almost too much. It's I'm like daily on the podcast. Tuesday show. Yeah. Luke's on the Tuesday show after that. Yeah. So don't, don't just stop refreshing the podcast feed. Oh, no. If anything, double down on re-listening to old episodes yes and spread the word we want 2020 to be our best year ever indeed we're really looking forward uh, to pushing this in 2020 but until then take care i love you goodbye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.